Strategy and Insider, exploring future trends and their impacts. Welcome to the 14th episode of our Strategy and Insider podcast. I hope you missed our podcast as much as we did. And we do know it's been a little while since you last heard from us, but uh, we did allow ourselves a little creative break and now are more than happy to be back and very much looking forward to upcoming inspiring conversations with top class guests about the future of healthcare. My name is Thomas, and I'm a partner at Strategend and the host of this podcast. And if you haven't done so, please do subscribe our podcast on all known platforms such as Apple, Spotify, or Deezer. And if you will and want, um, leave us a positive review if you like what you hear, but also let us know, please, whom we should invite next time. In our last episode, it was all about how artificial intelligence can revolutionize patient healthcare and how big tech players such as Amazon, Google and others are increasingly making their way into healthcare with digital services. And with an exploding number of virtual patient consultations all around the globe, the coronavirus pandemic boosted the growth of such digital services and proved also their future potential and added value. And for this episode today, we will continue to talk about digital services. And those can also be leveraged to redesign the distribution of pharmaceuticals in a new healthcare ecosystem, as we will hear over the coming minutes. So today, I do have the great honor to introduce Betul Susamis Unaran, who is the Chief Strategy and Digital Officer at Sorose Group, which is the biggest European e-commerce player in healthcare and owner of the well-known online pharmacy Doc Morris. In her position, Betul drives forward the company's digital strategy and the development of the healthcare ecosystem. And in addition to this um, very demanding and challenging executive role, Betul also joined the board of directors of Ipsomate, which is a leading developer and manufacturer of injection and infusion systems for self-medication. Next to that, she's also acting as a senior advisor for Arsenal Capital Partners, which is a leading private equity firm based out of New York that focuses on specialty care and healthcare. And before joining the Zorose Group in 2019, Betul held various leading positions um, focusing around digital healthcare in the pharma industry, working for Novartis as their global head of digital medicines, as well as for Faring Pharmaceuticals as the global head of digital. And prior to that, um, Betul was also working as an advisor at McKinsey with a focus on the pharma industry based out of London as well as Geneva. And it did all start with a degree in industrial engineering from the Boazici University in Istanbul. And um, also she's holding an MBA from INSEAD. So with that said, Betul, big thanks uh, for joining me today. I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation to come. Thank you, Thomas. It's a great pleasure joining you today. Hey, and uh, when I reached out to you asking whether you uh, want to join here today, um, it was still in lockdown. And after almost one year in lockdown now, um, life is slowly but surely going back to normal and more and more people are getting vaccinated. How do you personally perceive and experience the situation in Zurich where you are living and um, yeah, kind of in your personal environment? Due to vaccinations in the summer, we have seen that some pandemic restrictions were lifted in Switzerland and in Zurich. 
uh, indoor and outdoor areas of restaurants have been open and uh, working from home has been recommended but no longer required. So we all enjoyed the slightly more normal summertime. We were able to spend more time together with our teams. However, just under 50% of the population have been fully vaccinated in Switzerland and new cases have rebounded to more than 2,000 a day recently. So we are facing a new phase of the pandemic in the coming months with new variants and continued vaccinations, I think, Thomas. And it's interesting that you have that perception as well in Zurich that it's somehow getting back to normal, but also not quite because vaccination isn't that high yet. And um, I was at the beginning of August, uh, which is only a couple of days back in Copenhagen um, and stepping out of the airplane, stepping out of the airport, I hardly have seen any masks there and to be honest it did feel a little weird even uh, to go into a taxi to go um, into a restaurant without wearing a mask over time i got used to it uh, somehow but uh, for you personally after covid 19 hopefully passed by uh, what will be kind of normal life um, in your perspective going forward in fact i expect a gradual transition to the new normal it will take some time Uh, the world, our lives and behaviors will be different after COVID. There will be more flexible working setups. A home office for two, three days could be the norm. We will avoid unnecessary travel since we have also seen that we can make things work in digital manners. And we have seen a big impact of COVID-19 on our behavior in general. Digital health and digital consumer behavior have drastically accelerated. We all look for convenient, safe, and contactless health journeys. We have seen five-fold increase in telemedicine usage in Germany, and this increase was eight-fold in China on the Good Doctor platform. There has been 25% increase in health app downloads since the beginning of the pandemic. And this increase varies from disease to disease, interestingly. For example, 500% for diabetes apps, 200% for mental health apps, and 13-fold for diet and weight loss ads. The quick question is if this behavior is sticky. Global studies indicate that 60 to 70% stickiness across the world is expected for this changing digital behavior. We are also beyond the 66 days threshold for a behavior to become a habit. I believe this change in our behaviors is here to stay, shaping the new normal. That is very interesting and, and also impressive, these numbers to hear and exactly right, uh, as you say, once we're settling um, and, and getting back to normal, what will stay for good and, and what probably some some of that uh, is, is shifting away potentially. Before going further into, into healthcare as such, um, probably asking also a question as I was introducing at the very beginning that you also have been working for an international management consultancy for about eight years before you changed your perspectives and joined uh, various pharma companies and, and taken their very prominent positions. What from that kind of consulting time did you learn? What is still relevant to your current role that you're having? Um, working as a consultant was a very rich experience for me to learn about different cultures, different sectors, and to have the chance to work with the top management of companies of different sizes on their business strategies. Besides the typical strategic and analytical focus of consultancy, I had the chance to work on projects that also led to execution of the developed vision and strategy to see the real impact of my work. And most importantly, I explored my passion and found my passion in healthcare and joined Faring Pharmaceuticals and then Novartis to work on a number of interesting topics, 
deepened my healthcare knowledge and executional experience. I experienced the start of digital health firsthand by driving this disruption from a pharma perspective at both companies. By joining the Surosa Group, I moved to the consumer-focused, digital, and entrepreneurial side of healthcare, bringing all pieces together to make an impact on people's lives. So that's interesting. Um, and also in your LinkedIn profile, you're stating that you are driven by the purpose to make a difference in people's lives. And um, obviously, I'm intrigued by understanding uh, how you actually make a difference in your, in your daily life and what have been your greatest achievements by doing so. Absolutely, Thomas. Every day I wake up thinking about people and how I can make a difference in their lives with my work. As I have mentioned, I have found my passion in healthcare and I focus on empowering people to manage their health by bringing to their lives the best products, best treatments and best solutions empowered by data and digital. I lead the development of seamless and personalized health journeys in one place, health in one click, as we call within the group. And you have asked also about my greatest achievements. In addition to my initiatives focusing on personalization of infertility treatments and labor induction based on data and digital, I have led initiatives focusing on several chronic conditions like MS, heart failure, migraine, psoriasis. I consider my latest initiatives at the Surosa Group as my greatest achievements. Specifically, we have launched our first end-to-end -end health journey in a global collaboration with Novo Nordisk for people living with obesity. The first version was successfully started at the end of March this year with substantial impact. The obesity care journey allows people with obesity to seek information and professional help, get advice from specialist doctors and discover solutions to improve their health and so their quality of life. Doctors can be consulted both online, using teleclinic uh, and physically. We have achieved 55 million impressions in the first four months and people coming to the journey act. We are doubling benchmarks in terms of conversions. And Google Trends has also seen a sharp rise in interest in searching for the term obesity since the initiative started. And in fact, obesity is a big disease impacting approximately 25% of the German population. And I also would like to emphasize another achievement, the new Doc Morris branding. Uh, we have developed the new Doc Morris to be the new umbrella brand for our European ecosystem. We have launched a new brand last December with an emotional Christmas campaign, which went viral across the globe, reaching almost 150 million views worldwide. New Doc Morris and our Christmas campaign has won so far eight prestigious international awards, including the Red Dot uh, for brand design and four New York Festival Awards. I'm proud of these achievements so far. And I'm hoping and working on many more to come. And and this is this is really something that you can and should be proud of, especially since you're not just designing a brand and a um, marketing and, and go-to-market piece, but it's actually fundamentally helping people in living their lives and sustaining healthcare, um, hopefully as much and as long as they can. And uh, can I just um, ask on, because you, you were mentioning also these other chronic diseases and, and also... How about acute um, or very severe diseases? Is that also something 
where um, Doc Morris and, and the Torosa group via Teleclinic and others can also make a difference? Or how do you see that shaping up? Absolutely. We focus on health and empowerment for health in general uh, with our solutions uh, that includes the biggest telemedicine company in Germany, Teleclinic. We also focus on acute and other types of diseases. So we provide solutions for all types of diseases to be able to put people with health needs in touch with the right specialists and doctors so that they can get to the right treatments as quick as possible and as conveniently as possible. So that's definitely part of our scope. And if you believe that in our strategy, focusing on the top conditions of the world will enable us to reach the biggest impact in people's lives. That's why our strategy is focusing on the top 10, 11 chronic conditions to get started with our health journeys. Within one of our last studies on the future of healthcare, we also argued that uh, putting the customer experience at the center of the business, also in pharma um, and the healthcare industry as such, is still relatively new. Um, however, we do believe it is very necessary to drive medical outcomes, but also to create customer engagement. In your opinion and experience, um, how can the industry the wider industry offer such a seamless customer experience and also align various digital services. Um, we have been talking about patient centricity for quite a while in pharma. In fact, my belief is that creating engagement and hence an impact in people's lives requires a genuine and deep effort to put people in the center of what we do in healthcare. People do not want to be seen as patients ultimately. They do not want to be reminded to take their medications. They just want to have a normal life as much as possible. Medication steps, the fact that the person has to stay on medication for his or her life is a hard reality to deal with for chronic patients and sometimes coming with psychological implications as comorbidities. In addition, the digital health space is becoming more and more crowded with close to half a million health-related apps on the App Store. It becomes complicated and confusing for people to manage their health. And hence, our approach starts first and utmost with an effort to map out health journeys, starting with prevention, awareness, moving into diagnosis, treatment, and adherence steps. For each key chronic condition, we map out how we can best empower people living with these conditions, not overwhelming, but coming up with the uber-like experience for them. Then we look at our solutions in our portfolio, not only our core business, the online pharmacies, uh, who touch a big number of people across key European markets with 11.7 million active customers and more than 250 million, million visits in a year. We also look at our technology and digital companies. For example, as I mentioned, the biggest telemedicine company, Teleclinic in Germany. Our approach is to build on our portfolio and bring in the best-in-class partners. These can be pharma partners who have the best products and pipelines for these conditions, best tech companies, insurances, healthcare providers, best-in-class digital solution providers. For example, Zanabio and Salpapi, who are the so-called DIGAS, approved and reimbursed digital apps in Germany for obesity and depression, respectively, for their obesity care journey. To summarize, I believe deep people focus and bringing in the best partners together to provide the best possible, seamless and personalized health experiences when and where people need them 
are key to create engagement and impact in people's lives and leading so to better healthcare outcomes. We are still at the beginning of the digital disruption in healthcare. We need to join our forces. By now, you are owning Doc Morris. You also own Teleclinic and also uh, additional services uh, in the pharmacy space around that. And you're partnering with big pharma companies such as Novo Nordisk, um, I'm sure with other smaller startups that you also cited. I mean, what additional layers do you personally believe will be also adding to uh, to, to Rose Group um, as, as potential next um, stakeholders to also bring onto your platform, either by partnering or by even doing M&A, as you did with Teleclinic? We are, uh, as I have mentioned, looking at all key stakeholders in healthcare. Mm -hmm. It's not only pharma. We are uh, uh, talking and working with big tech companies, for instance, like IBM, working together with our company eHealthTech to provide part of the technology uh, for the e-prescriptions going live in Germany. And we work with doctors very closely, especially in Switzerland. Uh, we have a very close uh, relationship and a big uh, wholesale business uh, uh, with, with doctors. And uh, we also work with insurances very closely. We have even a joint venture uh, with uh, biggest insurances in Switzerland to develop the ecosystem, healthcare ecosystem for Switzerland. So we are really looking at different stakeholders and we bring uh, the best players together to be able to come up with these uh, most relevant health journeys for our consumers across Europe. And it, it's, I'm sure, thrilling to see how this all comes together. But I can only imagine that interests of these different stakeholders are not always to 100% um, overlapping and looking into the same direction. So a lot of talking, trust building and, uh, yeah, open conversations are needed, I, I assume. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the key point here is, again, going back to your question about focus on people. And as long as we all have the shared purpose of making an impact in people's lives and making sure we can lead with our efforts to better healthcare outcomes, we come together. We come together and we have great discussions and uh, great collaboration starting and also happening in the future. Yeah, and I, I think that shared purpose, uh, centering out, uh, centering around the well-being of the human or the patient, one sick, obviously gives a, a great shared purpose to to wrap around and overcome difficulties if they occur. Yes, yes. In your current role as the the chief digital officer, as said, you are also responsible for the company's digitization efforts or the group's digitization efforts. Obviously, you bring also a long history of your current business model, uh, which is uh, pharmaceuticals were sent to customers already back in, when was it, 2001, uh, um, which is long before the rise of e-commerce, especially in healthcare. Um, what is, uh, from your perspective, the advantage of having so much experience and What might also be kind of a hindering factor when it comes to uh, any ongoing digital transformation. Yeah? But at the same time, how do you keep yourself at the, at the toes and constantly evolve yourself rather than yeah, being saturated at some time? Um, I'm convinced that progress cannot be stopped. Digitization is happening and has definitely arrived in the healthcare sector. However, the healthcare market is uh, also heavily regulated. For example, it's still forbidden in Switzerland to order OTC products online without a prescription. 
Mm-hmm. Swiss consumers find it difficult to understand why they can't order an aspirin home without a doctor's prescription. Now, having said it, and coming back to um, uh, your point about our heritage and experience, we see our long history in e-commerce as a key strength. We are a digital-first, tech-focused company with deep experience and capabilities that are required to make the healthcare ecosystem vision happen. In addition, as I shared before, our e-commerce business is giving us a great reach to European consumers across our key platforms. For example, DocMars, as you mentioned, and Medpex in Germany, Promopharma in Spain, DocDepharma in France. We are building on this heritage with more digital and tech-enabled solutions, for example, telemedicine via the teleclinic acquisition and uh, health journeys for chronic conditions, as well as other tech solutions, as I mentioned, with eHealth Tech, providing part of the technology for e-prescriptions in Germany together with IBM. This is a continuous journey for us to keep the pulse of our consumers, to innovate, to create health solutions, a never-ending exciting journey for us. And um, listening to that, it's, it is really impressive what you achieved since then and also how the focus um, yeah, somewhat has shifted. Your, your evolution is visible. At the same time, um, healthcare is obviously, um, yeah, more than anything else, but most likely um, very personal. And, and critiques are saying that online pharmacies do also have disadvantages compared to the brick and mortar pharmacies when it comes to personal customer service and, and trust and an and open dialogue eye to eye with someone. Um, given that, mm-hmm. how can your digital services compensate for those possible drawbacks that some of the people are seeing? Um, you're, you're perfectly spot on. Now, when we look at the studies, a high percentage of consumers still uh, feel very attached to their pharmacies around the corner. The personal touch and trust are key in healthcare. Um, hence, we have created uh, the new Doc Morris with new values, look and feel, to be the health partner of our consumers, building on the already strong heritage of the brand in Germany. As we focus on our new ecosystem brand and the new health experiences, we also partner with pharmacies in marketplace models. We see pharmacies as our partners rather than competition. We offer a new digital channel for the brick-and-mortar pharmacies to reach their customers. Still coming from that more critique side of things and understanding that a bit better, um, I'm sure listeners will appreciate that. Um, Of course, you're going well beyond just being an online pharmacy, but really a marketplace, an orchestrator of that uh, healthcare ecosystem. At the same time, you're also a solution provider via the teleclinic and and Doc Morris offerings. Um, How do you counter kind of the fear of, Uh, people uh, arguing uh, some biased recommendations could be an outcome of being a marketplace um, owner um, at the same time as a solution provider? Well, if we uh, focus our vision and ambition on being the European healthcare ecosystem, this requires bringing the different pieces together independent if we own them or not. Uh, And we believe that having the touch points via our online pharmacies, uh, having uh, 
close to 12 million active customers and so many visits, as I mentioned before, yeah. is giving us an advantage uh, to uh, kickstart the ecosystem and bring everybody else together with us on this journey. Um, so far, we see that we are uh, we are having really very positive discussions and positive bases for all stakeholders. Um, and uh, uh, you also highlighted uh, the brick and mortar pharmacies where we have the marketplace model and we are really working on this shared ambition to focus on people's lives and creating also different channels for different uh, stakeholders who can be part of the ecosystem to reach their customers. So it's really a win-win situation and uh, we are making good progress, I think, with this shared purpose and proposition. I mean, this is preaching the Pope to me personally. I do believe this is absolutely needed and inevitable to lift um, healthcare and, and quality in healthcare. Um, because the more you know the needs and understand mm -hmm. the needs and people, the better you can serve them. Offering an end-to-end -end service does make tons of sense. I'm sure you uh, you had a look into previous podcasts, um, and there we also had several startup founders um, uh, amongst others also Dan Vedat from Yuma which is a successful startup in remote patient monitoring and others but also Nora Bloom um, who is the founder of the mental health app called Selfie mm -hmm. in the German market as you know um, and they both stressed um, impressively and concisively their motivation to change the situation of patients for the better as you did and to build something on their own, basically. In July 2020, the Zurose Group acquired Teleclinic, hence Katharina Jünger and, and her team, which is one of Germany's most successful startups in this telemedicine area and the biggest, as we learned, uh, in Germany. And whenever you kind of agree to acquire such digital health startups, um, how do you ensure kind of the, uh, the smooth integration of the new company at the one side, but at the other side, also allowing the founders and their teams yeah, enough freedom for their typically very agile trial and error and, and sleeves rolled up culture. We take acquisition decisions in a very strategic way. Uh, for us, the quality and relevance of the product, the solution of the company are critical. They have to fit our vision of health in one click and should play a key role in the health journeys we have and we build. This is what makes it very interesting and attractive for companies to join our portfolio. Mm. The fit and excitement should be both ways at the Rosa Group level, but also at the acquired company level. As important as the business and the strategic fit, the cultural and personal fit are very important for us. We work as a team with the teams of the acquired companies. They know that they play a key role and they become part of decision making. We give freedom to the founders to keep their agile culture, And as well as ensure the cultural fit to the group's culture, which is based on agile and entrepreneurial principles. We act fast and make things happen as a team together. So you, you are, you're well integrating, you are kind of, it seems, listening to also the other side, understanding them and, and kind of bridging uh, from both angles so you can you can make a win-win for everyone it seems yeah, yeah absolutely and um, we plan the migration steps together as well absolutely yeah, yeah. that's a good lead over to a question that i definitely have uh, on <laughs> uh, <laughs> on my notes here um if you would imagine so rose in five years from now um how do you perceive it will look like um and what additional roles or geographies or whatever will you have taken in the healthcare sector in five years, we will see the healthcare ecosystem up and live 
covering the needs and experiences for people living with the biggest diseases of the world, including the top chronic conditions. We strive to make Doc Morris the destination for health, starting in Europe. Starting in Europe, um, is there also an appetite at some point? I mean, it's years out, obviously, to internationalize even beyond Europe, or is that uh, too early to tell? Uh, I would say it's too early to tell. However, of course, we see the potential of our business going beyond Europe with different models uh, and maybe accelerated expansion as we make the European healthcare ecosystem happen. We have to talk again in five years' time or maybe a little bit earlier, Thomas. Very happily taking that invitation, that bit. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, talking about which in the US, uh, I mean, uh, when talking US and healthcare and, and especially ecosystem, um, obviously someone could not overlook Amazon and Amazon Care. And, and people do argue that Amazon will eventually become the biggest healthcare company globally by offering also a powerful range of tools and, and also, yeah, Uh, securing data sovereignty um, as as um, as they would uh, also perceive it. What's your perspective on this? Will will their US centric model, at least for the time being, also work in Europe? And uh, or do you think market conditions here do require a different approach? Uh, possible market entry of Amazon in Europe would additionally accelerate online penetration, of which all market participants uh, would uh, benefit. Um, However, in healthcare, it's very much about trust. And here, brands like Doc Morris and Sir Rosa with an already high reach and a deep basis of trust have strong presence and advantages. And furthermore, the market comes with significant entry barriers, uh, which uh, cannot uh, be easily addressed by Amazon. We have a strong healthcare experience and understanding across key European markets. Adding to that, each European market is different in terms of regulation. Hence, Amazon would require a separate approach for each European market, making an entry less attractive uh, compared to the huge US home market. Um, we will continue to implement our vision and strategy by offering added value and health journeys to our consumers and addressing key opportunities in the e-commerce business, like the start of e-prescriptions in Germany, opportunities in Spain, France, and other markets. We are preparing ourselves for the future and strengthening our position as we build our European healthcare ecosystem and a strong network of partners. I hear what you're saying and would also echo that, that the European market is very diverse. Um, uh, local um, mm -hmm. countries, local regulations need local solutions and a greenfield approach of an Amazon going into um, European healthcare seems somewhat yeah, hard to imagine for the time being. Never say never, but again, this is too early <laughs> to tell. We would need to talk in three to five years from now. Hey, um, I really enjoyed that conversation and the clarity that you brought around uh, what drives you personally, what uh, what you achieved already with uh, the Zorosa Group in, in very impressive numbers when it comes to the example of Novo Nordisk and obesity, but also in, in other chronic um, conditions and also where your strategy is going towards uh, tackling kind of the top 10 chronic conditions globally. Really impressive what you achieve, but also even more exciting to see how this is uh, looking further in the years to come. Any last remarks, Petru, uh, from your perspective uh, that you want to leave the listeners with um, um, uh, that, yeah, that you want to share at the very end? I would say stay tuned. Uh, the disruption is ongoing and uh, we are facing exciting times uh, in healthcare with data and digital. 
And I likewise enjoyed uh, the conversation very much. Thank you, Thomas, for giving me the opportunity to join today's podcast. And thank you for listening. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Betul as much as I did. The bottom line also is that we are back and we already have a very interesting guest list lined up. And next time we're listening to one of the most successful and very well decorated precision oncology researchers in Europe. And I'm personally very much looking forward already to this conversation. With that said, best wishes from Munich today. Stay safe and bye-bye. Strategy and strategy made real.